0: Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face, both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now, on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question Are you DTFF? Start at the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome. Welcome, everyone, to tonight's podcast. Um, tonight, we're going to be discussing pre-plan. I have with me three members of my fire family. I have Rob. Hi. Scott. Hey. And Mr. Spence. Hello. Is that your name now? Okay. What's What's your your name Spence? now? Mr. Spence. Mr. Spence. Oh. Mrs. Spence. Mrs. Spence? Mr.
1: Spence. Yeah, Can I just say, before we get going, mm-hmm. um, someone that was listening to the podcast said how uh, more professional it sounds with a British fellow... Talking. really, that
0: was <laughs> nice of them. <laughs> I only put it on for the podcast, it was Fisher's mom, but was- <laughs> <laughs> That's genius, That's brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> um, I guess actually, what we'll do before we get into that is we'll do a shout out, we'll do a shout out to a new follower which we had joined on our favorites list, possibly our Somebody second favorite, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think it was uh Sean, Sean McGee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Sean McGee. Thanks, Sean. We appreciate it. Keep sharing us and keep liking and everyone else mm-hmm. again. If you like it, favorite and share. Yeah, we appreciate. It. How's it yeah. going? <laughs> Feels so... like
2: we're right there, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Take a seat on the sofa. So we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go into the start of this with uh, what pre-plan is. So Scott, do you want to start us off on what what is what is pre-plan? Well, it kind of says it in the name. Um...
1: It's the plan that uh, we actually have a, an, uh, an officer, well not an officer, a captain that uh, does it for us, who happens to be Carl. Yay! <laughs> um, and, it, and it changes throughout the years, but um, it, it's the plan that we would make, mainly a lot of commercial stuff, because to show us where, uh, say, gas lines are, um, building uh, evacuation plans, um, egresses are. That sort of thing. So when we arrive on scene in a you know a commercial fire, we have a little bit of uh, background information to get us started. If, especially if we have to effect a rescue, um, like pre made plan. Like a pre made <laughs> plan. <laughs> to um, there might be depending
3: on the type of building in town. Um, we might have chemicals and stuff like that in there too. All the different hazards that might be yeah.
1: associated with right a location. And you know, being from the area we're in, there is actually a lot of agriculture and industrial stuff. So we need to know that sort of things, um, you know, chemical sprays and that sort of stuff. So you know, preplan's important. Um, we were just talking before this started how you know even our department doesn't necessarily use it to its full benefit. And I don't know if a lot of departments use it to their full benefits um, because it, it definitely is something that we could do more of. And I know Carl has lots of ideas and um, really good ideas with using technology. And maybe you can talk about we'll some get of that. To
0: that. We'll get to that for sure. Yeah. So as we're going to kind of fold into that, let's maybe discuss what it used to be and how it used to be done. So, Rob, can you talk to that a little bit? Maybe how how the process used to be before kind of earlier, earlier stages.
3: Uh, well, I know we had paper form where we would have – documents that would be filled out um inspection reports stuff like that that would we would rely on that would be in our radio room and if we needed to know certain information we'd radio in over the to whoever might be man in the radio that night and they would look up whatever information we need um it's kind of how things went.
0: Oh, so it wasn't even readily available on the trucks. It was stuff that was tied well, was back never, yeah. to here.
3: No, it was never on a truck. Interesting. No.
0: So that
1: was always the important thing of having that person in the radio room, and that's why I think it's people. We still think it's important to have a person in the radio room, even though with technology, that radio room guy isn't necessarily as important anymore. Because most of our we can do most of the stuff in the trucks now that we have the iPods and the, the phones. Um, one thing that the pre plan. I always knew it had was the property reps, for, especially for alarms um, or the homeowner or whatever it was because that was always uh, kind of the main thing. Like when we go to a direct alarm to try to figure out who the proper, property rep is. But with computers nowadays and alarm companies, it more, dispatch knows more about who the uh, property reps are.
0: Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Didn't we have those yellow
2: folders? Weren't there some maps in those that stayed on the dashboards of the trucks? Yeah.
0: So some of the
1: I think, like, some of the trailer parks and, um... driveway (coughs) maps and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, like, some of the trailer parks around here and, um, like, gated community sort of things. There's, like, hand-drawn maps. Because, you know, at the time, we didn't have Google Earth or or any of that stuff. So it was, like, hand-drawn maps with, like, the number of the unit. um, Just because there was no other way to... Like, because it doesn't show up on a road map. So those were on, I think... The pumpers for sure. I don't know mm-hmm. if they were on the rescue truck, but on the pumpers for sure, we had these you know kind of hand drawn maps. And they're. the problem is, we're always try to keep up to date with those pre plans because you know buildings are always changing. Um, different renters go in, they do renovations, they do different things. Um, yeah, I think that's the hardest job. I don't know, you can, Carl, you can relate to that. Is it difficult to try to keep up with pre
0: uh, yeah, very much so. I mean, for, for what we do, just because of with Google and stuff and, and the maps that we've now got access to through... So the app that we use now is I Am Responding. And I Am Responding is the kind of all encompass solution that our department went with. And, and when we get a call, we get paged, and uh, the page comes through using an app on our phones, we get the text messages also. But we can click on the links in there and it opens through the app and we can see all sorts of things of actually who is responding and the location of the fire etc etc which is great so keeping up with maps and things because of google we don't necessarily need to look at that much anymore Um, but it does give us extra things so it gives us the power to be able to add certain pieces of important information to those buildings and files so Hydrant locations and specific information, documents say that are attached to the building for lists of names for contacts and things like that. So. Right. Now, I remember when we got iron responding, I think another officer,
1: another person was dealing with people at the time, I think Brian was. And I remember he, well, a bunch of us went around one night and we mapped out all the hydrants. Because the iron responding doesn't come, it doesn't know where the hydrants are. So we had to drive around and input all the hydrants. Which it took a while, but it, I mean, hydrants don't change very often. You know, the odd one might get added in like a new subdivision or something, but yeah. usually they don't get taken away. So, um, yeah, the sign responding is great because we can do that. We can look over, we can overview the um, hydrants, we can see where it is. And the, the beauty thing is, we can, if we go to do a mutual aid with another department, um, if we have their codes, we can actually see their hydrants as well, and vice versa. So, um, so that's. Great thing, so yeah. I am responding is really not. This is, this is an ad for I am responding. I was just mission. literally <laughs> about to say, this is not a sponsored ad for I am responding, although it could be I am responding if yeah. you would like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <a> line, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um,
0: it was just the one we chose. I, think. I don't know what uh, what went into the the choice process, um, of yeah. how that went. I, I honestly think it was the one,
1: it was the only one at the time. I don't know if there is other one I don't think there right was now. a lot
2: available. I don't know. There's e dispatches, what was
1: that all about? Yeah, that was more along the lines of us being able to listen to, um, like, a uh, voice over internet, I think. So oh, yeah. We could, it was more, we were able to, like, if I was out of town, I could, and I saw there was a call. Oh, I so could, you could listen
0: to radio traffic. I could listen
1: to the radio traffic to see, oh, should I go, because we can always, t- you know, tell them, like, if, is it urgent, should I leave my work from out of town? I always kind of liked that, but it it definitely didn't have the features I'm responding had.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean, if I'm responding had that option, like the. The voice we, where we could listen to our calls radio traffic um the problem with that with uh e-dispatch we were getting was the fact it was on the internet yes mm-hmm. and then I remember when we had a uh, the, the big fires when we had the giant like forest fire on the mountain it was uh I think we had like 10,000 listeners yeah and their town was only a few thousand <laughs> well, less than that so yeah. there was people all across the country <laughs> that I knew from like you know they that were from this town at one point were like Hey, I heard you on the radio. I'm like, what? what? Yeah, I was during the big fire. I heard you. <laughs> what? They're in like across the country. Yeah. So there is that. I mean, is that a problem? You know, not really. I mean, I think we talked last week or whatever week that was about writ. Yes. Um, you know, Spencer was talking, and that's one reason why we don't use um, names on the RIT because we don't want everyone to know that you know Spencer's trapped in the building. Yeah. We don't want people to freak out and then you know family members start showing up at the fire scene. So. <laughs> I think that's one reason why we—not we, one of the many reasons why we didn't use e
0: e, um, e- dispatches, yeah. because it was
1: ac- accessible.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, for for what we do for uh, the pre plan stuff now, it works quite well. There's more stuff that I have planned for it, but we'll we'll kind of get to some of that those ideas. So, right. I guess at the moment, um, from from a pre plan perspective, so as Scott kind of alluded to, I'm the I'm the guy who deals with that trust to keep that stuff up to date the biggest challenge that I think we face is uh, just trying to get because you said like we don't use it enough and trying to get people into the mindset of hey this is a massive tool that we could be utilizing every time we hit <laughs> every time we hit a commercial call or any call that we've got information for it, that can add to what we're doing it's, it's a benefit right so with the way is going now, it's making our stuff even easier to do. So I've got a side business where we do um, 3D virtual tours, and I'm using that equipment to scan the interiors of buildings, which allows you know, floor plans, but it also gives us a full uh, visual eye inside of every building that we scan. So as soon as we arrive on scene, we can pull up the model for that building, and then we can see the exacts of everything that's in every room so if you were outside and say, for example, the RIT team. RIT team wants to know what's going on inside while they're outside waiting around and looking and doing their 360s. They could be gauging and looking at the 3D model physically and they can get an actual representation of what's inside that building even when it's full of smoke. Scott? Yeah, and I really like the fact you're on those 3D maps that you're doing. You're, you're putting like,
1: like the electrical panels um, and you're, you're doing them as a marker that we can see right away on those maps and then the gas lines marked and so when we go through that 3d map we can see it and it shows up as a clickable i think yeah completely (coughs) clickable tag with information and stuff and i know one thing we talked about was uh like uh we have the local arena where you know to make to make ice you need ammonia and because it's cold and um the ammonia plant we can show that and if we were so inclined you could actually show more of a close-up model and even a step further we can even show how to shut it down even you can even have a link
0: through a video i think we discussed at one point absolutely so yeah. we've actually just finished scanning Me mean me and kerry uh finished nice. scanning it about uh, two weeks ago maybe yeah. eh? three weeks ago and it's all uploaded and, and ready to go so yeah, yeah. it looks pretty sweet Spence.
2: and further to that with uh, public buildings and commercial buildings and stuff aed Yep. locations yep. of yep. aed yep all sorts of things you can put in that kind of map.
0: It's true, yeah. because when we when I was looking at what we had, we didn't have floor plans for even some of these buildings, um, and just even a basic floor plan is massive. Like uh, the the whole thing that I looked at with preplan was like we there's we're already throwing ourselves into an unknown situation. We don't know what the fire is doing until we get in there. We don't know what's in the building at all we don't know who's in the building like there's a whole bunch of question mark what ifs every time we arrive to any scene so pre-plan is the process of getting rid of some of those question marks before you ever even get an emergency situation so that you don't have to necessarily worry about those things when you arrive scott
1: yeah i noticed one thing the other our mutual aid department our closest guys um what they have on there is, and i am responding they actually have. They managed to secure the blueprints for a lot of the um, commercial buildings, which is cool, I, even though I don't know how practical it's going to be to scroll through a blueprint, because sometimes the blueprints are hard to read, and then, you know, in the middle of the night, fire's burning. Yeah. Um, that's why I really like
0: that, your 3D map, because it, it really shows what the building looked like before it was on fire. Yeah. yeah. The, the, I think, because I looked at the blueprint stuff as well, because we had a few, and it's, unless you're a construction yeah. guy, like, reading blueprints is, for me, like, i and I'm a tech guy, really, and I wouldn't be able to get an eye on that. I'm yeah. also a realtor, but it doesn't mean I know how to read blueprints, right? But it does give me the diff- some different ideas on how we could approach these things. Which I think, again, I think we go back to that where we were talking about how your job, how your actual career folds in when you're a volunteer. Yeah. You know, being a being a realtor has really helped me know the different designs of buildings and a different look it. Um, how that plan should kind of be put into place so every time i look at a building now i look at how we could if we were to roll up on a fire what are the potential hazards that we would need to know before going in and commercial is more of the bigger idea for this um, at least for that side of things so I think yeah the three D scans are great. Not everyone's gonna have access to it. Um, it's something that we're developing a little bit more, which once you know, once we get a good solid model maybe I'll release some stuff on on the podcasty stuff and people can take a peek. But on our podcast website. On the podcast <laughs> website. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually got someone working on Oh sweet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so um, a for the low lower price of posting, right? Oh <laughs> exactly that. Yeah, which I'll be fronting. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, it's, yeah, it, pre-plan is super, super important. And, again, going back to if we could just get more people in on board to using the, the thing, using the tool, I think it would be good. I think, uh, I'm almost think one reason why we don't
1: pull it out more. I mean, first of all, we don't really have too many commercial fires. I mean, with sprinklers and such. Um, it's, it's mainly good. residential fires. I mean, even... You no, big cities, mainly residential fires. Right? Um, but also, we have a lot of kind of good old boys. <laughs> I've grown up here for 30 years. I know everything about this town. I don't need to know anything. I, I've been in this building lots. Well, we've all been inside certain parts of the building, but we haven't been necessarily in the inaccessible parts of pe- parts of where, where general po- people aren't allowed to go. So I think that's why it's important for the pre plan. But I think a lot of guys just have it in their mind like, you know all well, the pizza place is on fire you know which we had once well i've never been you know and so i crawl in there with another guy and like looking around i'm like i know what the front of the pizza place looks like but i don't know what happens once i get past the door where the kitchen is mm-hmm. so i remember going in there going i don't know which way i'm turning right now <laughs> like am i going left going right which way so um i think that's one reason why guys aren't embracing it as much because they think they know what they need to know but we just there's so much more to a building than just what they've seen when they first go in, right? Yeah, every
2: building's like that. Yeah, the grocery store. the... Yeah, everything.
3: When well, talking about commercial buildings, too, the uh, the local you know agricultural business that stores chemicals, you know, they have certain we're not supposed to put water on some of those things. We're just supposed to let them burn. So how are we going to recognize which ones are which and so that information could be kept on the ipad or in the i am responding so or get a rep on scene so that we know put water on that don't put water on that do we have to collect runoff or be worried about runoff into um environmental and stuff like that so that information can be housed there as well
0: yeah
2: so that kind kind of ties into the tours that we take we had one recently um, there are certain facilities that we tour fairly regularly um, especially places that have chemicals we go there every couple three years um, just to <coughs> see if anything changes and actually put our, our eyes on and our boots on the ground to see and the, the the property rep says don't put water on this let this burn here's the containment we have to worry if this is getting toward any kind of water supply and So a tour is kind of important with that respect, too.
3: And to that tour, not going back to the same agricultural business, that we get to see what the construction is like, too. Like the roof, the type of roof that they had was a, uh, I can't remember what it's called now, but it had a suspended bar system up in the roof, where if anything gets compromised up there, that whole roof is pretty much, nobody's going up there, so... Even to see that and know what kind of construction some of those buildings are is is those tours are very helpful.
0: Yeah, getting there kind of during the build phase as well. Um, yeah, you can get that kind of information that you wouldn't be able to get once it was stuccoed and dealt with and you know all paneled up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, taking a look beforehand for sure. Let's go.
1: Um, one of the we do with pre-plan, especially now with the iPads and the I am responding, is uh, we don't just. Necessarily um, use a pre plan for fires we want to put out or not put out, want to go to. Um, we've actually marked, earmarked some of the uh, more dangerous houses in town. Um, ones that we know are whether they are suspected grow ups, uh, maybe they're people that have threatened um, the police before, threatened uniform members, um, so fire service, ambulance. Um, so we have those marked as well. So that's part of pre plan as well, um, knowing. Um, when we get to, a, you know, we're out in the middle of nowhere on a certain ranch, and it says, you know, that thing comes up with a little alert that says RCMP required before entry, or police required before entry,
0: you know, um, that sort of stuff is good to know too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, there's there's a whole bunch of kind of key things when it comes to when it comes to pre plan that I try and I try and look for. And it's, it's the information that, firstly, a lot of people, maybe you just, we wouldn't see when we first get there. And that's the, it's the, the hidden stuff that I try and look for a little bit more. Um, it's tough, again, like you said, Rob, sometimes if you can get there um, beforehand and you know those sorts of things, like you can look at the construction. Mm-hmm. It's a really good and helpful tool. So anyone, if there is new construction going on, you should be there taking a peek and uh, figuring out kind of, you know, what these buildings are. Because, again, if they have built the roofs, everyone tries to build, I think there's there's probably, there's all building codes and stuff, right, that these guys have to follow. In most situations, there are some places, especially near us, where we have uh, native land, they don't have to necessarily build to a certain code. Uh, So if you can get an eye on those things beforehand, even though they are trying to, they'll do it kind of, you know, to a standard practice, but you still want to try and keep keep eyes on Scott
1: and I think some of that throws back to where you were just talking about um, your other job Um, we also have like four or five construction guys working with us right now in our department and having those guys around you know because some of them them actually built these buildings so that's right away we're like you know we have a pre-planned person who built the building or you know if they didn't happen to be part of the construction they at least understand um, the build yeah. You know, um, like where the parapet is and you know, how tall it is and what the walls made, probably made out of, how it would be constructed. You know, if it's a new build, how it could possibly be constructed. Um, but then some of the old buildings we run into, like we we had a, with that apartment fire we were in that one time.
2: <laughs> with all the ceilings. <laughs> and it had like
1: three layers of ceiling. So it was like we went through one layer of ceiling, didn't see the fire, but meanwhile, the f- um, black smoke still pushing on the soffits. We're like, well, where. <laughs> I remember talking to the deputy chief at the time. He's like, "I'm like, I think the I don't know where the fire is." He's like, "Well, it's still pushing black smoke. It's up there somewhere." So then we realized there was a, a second and a third ceiling that we had to bust through to get to find the fire. So um, that's something that I don't even know if preplan could pick that up because it's it's so
0: like in there. So yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, and with those older buildings, it's it's even it's even tougher.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> um, preplan is. Pre-plan, I think, is one of those things that the the department needs to take control of, but there's a really big onus on the public as well, and the owners of the buildings need to take these things seriously too. So a lot of these, from what I've read on other departments, and, and uh, so I was reading one on Vancouver actually quite recently, and they actually send out, uh, I think they were sending out applications when they have to go through, they have to get somebody in, they get somebody in to do the fire plan for them, and then they have boxes they are installed in lobby areas of the main building so they they've got a key pop open and the fire the fire plan is in there for the department to take and read and go through um, and i don't know what the requirement is of whether or not it's every year but um it's before like december 31st according to what i was reading so whether it's yearly or or biannually i don't, I don't know how they how they do it and keep up but the onus really needs to be on the people that sounds like some full-time guys <laughs> that's, that's like a full-time firewriter job. <laughs> it, yeah, well, that's that's the thing, right? Like, it, it, it absolutely can be. I think there's actually yeah. companies, from what I was looking at, there's companies that you hire as as building owners, because the onus is ultimately on the building owner to have right, yeah. these things for legality purposes, like for whether it's an apartment block, anywhere where there is a gathering of large people requires it, right. um, and it's something that is needed for every building <clears throat> when it comes to that kind of stuff. Residential doesn't have that, but all commercial should and must have it i think even for insurance purposes they're required to have a a fire plan but they're not required to update it in a certain i don't believe um like within a certain time frames like if you've got one then great i don't know if they when they re re go through insurance purposes i'm not sure but it's something that here in town that i'm trying to push a little bit more to but getting the owners on board is i think really important showing them the value of of what these things have because ultimately you're saving the people in their buildings and that means we can save more of their buildings if we know what they're like and we know the strategy which is a better safe for insurance companies and is a better safe for everybody else because we do a we do a cleaner job one of the biggest things i think that the i don't want to harp on the 3d plan but that it gives i think a little is that it helps us all know what's inside before we get in there. And any extra information that we have is important. Spence. And with that a 3D plan,
2: again, not to harp on it, but looking at the 3D plan looks like what you're the building that you're going into rather than looking at a piece of paper that's 2D top-down map type of thing, floor plan. It's a little more difficult to, to imagine where you are and how you're moving through that space when it's a 2D floor plan. Compared to this 3D thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll harp on a 3D plan all day. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> um, I mean, I think you and I have had this discussion because you also have uh, some VR stuff. And we talked at one point like, is there, a, in the future, is there a way to put a VR machine on, like, the chief? <laughs> or maybe not the chief, because he's got other things to do, but, or a safety, or another captain or something. And he can actually wear the, wear the VR and move around in there.
0: So like that's I think that's like next level, but it's completely next level. So we're gonna we're gonna take off a little so bit you into that. because right <laughs> I was looking I was looking quite recently. At, so let's say we turn up to a building and the whole building is completely black inside, and we haven't ventilated, and there's whatever, right? Like it's just trapped black smoke. We can't get out of there. If we had a portable headset, it was VR. And we, we set it up so with the, we had a 3D model for it and we set it up so we had entered the door and we we're in the position for when we entered the door. The backup guy on the hose could potentially be relaying information to the guy on the nozzle at the front saying, okay, there is a room on your left. Like they Whoa. can just stuff it back on, look at it, look it, take a peek. Okay, and they could control it because you can control it just by looking at dots or you can control it with a very small remote. It's not anything very in, like encumbering. It's very small. So you could literally, as the guy in the back, be like, great, I'm looking down the corridor right now, and I know there is a room on the left. So, hey, nozzle guy, there's a room coming up on the left, you know, and we're now at the entryway. <clears throat> so you could have that visual representation in your hand as the backup guy of that of that kind of twosome. Like so, a, like a
3: heads-up display in the guy's mask that shows what it
0: I mean. might almost
3: look like before, so you know what's... That would be awesome. (laughs) Way way awesome in the future.
0: But um, this is just like a a cheapy little like $100 thing with your phone in it. Or, you know, you can buy like a... Oh, like like augmented reality kind of thing? No, it's just like a... no, i got the Oculus system. Yeah. So it's just yeah. like the small portable version of that called the Oculus Go you could even use. Yeah. And once you've loaded the model up in there, you could literally just have that second guy. And he doesn't need to be holding it all the time. You know, he just lifts it up. Okay, this is where we are. Move a bit. Okay, there's a room on the left. Let's do it. And I wanted to try it. I wanted to try it on our burn building. I want to try it right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought... Podcast hey. over. Good night, folks. We're going to play with toys. But again, this is that, it's that use of technology. That use of technology that we've now the, the, the generations are coming in where this is now important stuff and even the public are seeing this now that we've got access to more things so last year we were looking at um, drones and we were looking at that kind of stuff and uh, I know we're kind of moving away from the pre but oh, it kind found, of all yeah, encompasses yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so with the drone technology um, it was uh, I think it was Victoria I spoke to they were the first they were the first uh, BC um, fire department to get a get two of their guys licensed for being drone pilots and then they were the first first to get the actual drones as well. So I think they run like Phantoms. I spoke to one of the guys there because I was thinking about getting a small crew together and running it as, a, as kind of an emergency response group where we had a set of pilots that if there was an emergency, be it um, be it like search and rescue thing or be it like someone lost or if it was just clean up after um let's say a big structure fire maybe or i was thinking more for wildfire so <laughs> you can stuck a, you stick an infrared flare camera on there or whatever find all the hot spots with the drone send the forestry guys in there's your cleanup there's no more underground burning right like it will which, it'll, which it'll i think somewhere.
1: is i think if i'm not wrong, I'm mistaken i think forestry is going to use drones I believe yeah to do the, just that yeah um, yeah because I always thought how would drones work for us um, you know we're not that, you know, like we're a volunteer we don't really have super huge commercial buildings um, you know, forestry stuff yeah but then would be resources like the oculus or the that sort of stuff the 3d mapping would that be more along the lines of where we should be guiding our technology of course we' be going
0: towards drones I don't know yeah I don't know I don't know what the answer is I think we're lucky because I, I play with this stuff just as businesses but it's also it's a lot of fun too but because I've got my eye on this as well I see how we can adapt it for these things and I really think that kind of second nozzle man with headset yeah. just even attached to his gear right kind of like you've got your you've got your heat cam and then you've got your headset just pull it up take a peek okay this is where we're at great I know this is on the I know this is coming up Right, the kitchen. We know this is a kitchen fire. Great. We looked at the three D plan. I know the kitchen is up around here to the left, and there's two doors we need to go through before we get there. Yeah, like it's that kind of that kind of thing. But again, I like the
3: I like the idea going back to the the three D model, how you can shoot the three D model, walk through the house. I think what that could do for us down the road after a fire. Because we can go back to the hall, we can discuss it if if we want to. And you could actually do a walkthrough of the out building and maybe put up a model of this guy entered this way, this guy entered this way, this guy did that, these guys did that, and be able to go through it afterwards and debrief using a 3D model. Because, yeah, we might remember what we did. We might not have seen what the other guys might have done or somebody else did. That way we can kind of walk through it in almost a real-life walkthrough, yeah. um, whether we do that or not. Um, I think we've discussed that once before.
0: We have, yeah. We talked about using it for training purposes. Well, and I think we also talked about using it for fire investigation purposes. Yes.
1: So you, if you had the, the 3D model before, and then you filmed it after the fire, the investigator could be like, what's out of place here, and what's different? You know, if he can't find the fire, the where was the start was, maybe he could find something through that ma- mapping. That because then he then he would have an idea of what it looked like beforehand. Yeah. You know, oh, there was a, there's there's this was here. Maybe that's what's caused. It. Maybe this uh, there was a heater plugged into there. You know, but now because we came in, you know, the joke with the police guys, they always say we're the evidence destruction team, the <laughs> fire department, because we literally go in with everything that we're not supposed to. And destroy all the evidence. We, you know, we're spraying stuff with water. Yeah. We got axes and halogens and just people walking around pulling things. Or even during a search, we're moving furniture and throwing stuff. So, um, you know, having that that other that other side where we've taken video or footage of it beforehand, that might be helpful in an investigation. Well, I like too what you say about investigations.
3: <coughs> Not everybody gets to be involved in that. Yeah. So being able to have a 3D model and see what the investigator found and saying okay there's a set point here at this spot you know you can see it better probably with the 3d model than you might be able to see with them just taking a picture of a spot on the floor or something like that yeah i
1: know i know you can zoom right in you can look around yeah that'd actually be that'd be good for training purposes as well the 3d mapping um i wonder how who would have to talk to you to get in
0: after, during an investigation, if they would allow that to happen as a, like, a pilot project? So it's funny because I was actually thinking of this too. So, and anyone who's listening right now, these, these cameras, they are fairly expensive. I'm not saying that maybe the department needs to go and purchase one, but if you've got big, large buildings, you've probably got somebody with this technology near you. Um, and I actually would recommend approaching them and having the conversation because. As part of as part of their business, they would probably want to grow, and you, they would be offering you and your department a valued service by getting these people to scan your stuff. But also, if you are a volunteer fire department and you were looking for a little bit of extra cash, I'd recommend approaching them and saying, "Hey, you know what? There's a really good process here that you can look at for um, insurance purposes for after fires and." You do not have the gear. We do. So hire a couple of our guys, firefighters. Show us how to use the equipment, and we can take the camera into areas where you just wouldn't be able to go, and potentially, you know, get some get some good material for for training purposes and for insurance purposes, etc. As well. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so we've kind of covered the commercial side. How do
1: we pre-plan our residence? Yeah. Because <laughs> obviously we can't. I mean. We we you and I have discussed how would you three D three uh, D map a, a residence because you know then you get the into privacy issues because yeah. who is allowed to look in the residence and you know, where do these pictures go? Yeah. Um, so there's that. I know uh, you uh, we've taken you've done a because of the realtor side because that's where this came from, right? Yeah. Because you would you would take it so people could do their walkthrough, like if they're out of town or whatever, right? So it's kind of that's that's kind of where this technology came from. So there is obviously
0: that's out there, but you don't use it as a you don't use it for us yet. So what <coughs> I do with my customers is I get them just to sign a release form for the home. Yeah. Um, so if we scan it, then there's a release form signed where it allows the fire department to have it, so that if we ever get into a situation with that home, at least we've got a base understanding. And obviously, construction happens <coughs> and things like that, you know, change, but. Um, at least then we've got something, but yeah, for residential, it's, it's more challenging again.
1: So right now on our, I'm responding, are any of these, are these loaded
0: up right now? We've got a couple. Okay. Yep. And will the that show will up like on.
1: as an icon over, like say we go to the arena, so you just said you did the arena.
0: Yeah. So there's a, there's a document and then we oh, right, need to click in the link in the document. I spoke right. to, I am responding and they won't allow us to do it in a certain way that I want to do it. Better so, yeah. Right. So. We just have to do it the way it is, you go into go into the document and you have to tap the link and then it will bring up the model. Right. <clears throat> so let's let's talk about the the parts of pre-plan that we feel are super important maybe for um, mainly mainly for commercial but so when would we pull out the the pre-plan? It should really be if we've got it, if we've got any information on pre plan, we should be using it anytime we come up to a scene regardless um, of what that information is. But um, let's maybe let's maybe discuss that a little bit. So, pre-plan on scene.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Have you ever remembered, like, the kind of, the pulling of the book? No. No. The pulling of the book. <laughs> the oh, of the book. It's like the,
1: what's that in uh, Muddy Python? <laughs> the Holy Hand <Angler>. The Holy Hand <laughs> <Angler. Yeah. Yeah. laughs> Pull that pin at uh, three. Not at four, and five is <laughs> right <break> out.
2: <laughs> No, uh, beyond, like, um, property reps. That's the main thing that pre-planned has always been used for,
1: or underused for. And I don't know if it's because we haven't had a big commercial like fire. Cause to use it. We've had big commercial fires. Um, or we just haven't thought of it at the time, or... Um, in, you know, a couple of the buildings around here that where we have pre-planned, we have guys that work in that building. So... We just ask them, like, "Hey, if I go down this hallway to the right, what's there?" Oh, this is there. Cool. So we don't really need the book, but um, yeah, I don't remember having the pre-plan come out or the the book come out. Uh, maybe it comes out at the hall that I'm not aware of. Other than well, but for property reps, it's really yeah. what we've been using it for.
2: Now, have <clears throat> have any of the fires corresponded to stuff content that's in the book?
0: I don't even know that. Like, what does the <laughs> book even look like <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is my right? this is my dilemma initially because that was that was my thing when I first took it over I was like well there I have like a, a ton a ton of ideas for this what do we have right now and then when I spoke to uh, Speedy the previous officer who was in charge of it he was like well we kind of have this book but we don't really use it and then, <laughs> and then there's, uh, there's I am respondent and we put like we, we add documents and information on there great yeah. and then you look and it's like uh, eh, it's not really much on here either so what do we actually have so it, being a volunteer fire department trying to get the time to do all of that is going to be a challenge yeah. so this is again where i'm saying like you really need to get the public involved get the business owners involved you don't you shouldn't be selling them on how important this stuff is it's their business if they don't understand that it's important then there's a bigger problem <laughs> going on, but they should be more involved and you should maybe figure something out as to contacting them, which I'm going through now. Like, I've definitely noticed with I Am Responding, going back to that, we are using
1: that information more, uh, like, you know, the apartment buildings, because some of our apartment buildings don't have standpipes. Some of them do. So that's all in I Am Responding. So that would be something that would have been in the, book in the pre plan book in the past, but maybe we didn't call it up. So now, when we're driving to the scene... We can see the building and we're just a simple click on it and there's the little icon for for the um standpipe shows up and it'll say wet or dry on it and you know things like uh some some of our town locks you know um you know i've been pushing for some of our locks to some of the town locks to become uh um combination, combination. because we can have the combination right on the uh on the uh, i am responding app like we have our for our training ground you know, guys are like, oh, I always forget the code for the training ground. I'm like, yeah, it's on. I am responding. Just click on it in the app, and I'll tell you the code. Oh, so there, there's those things, and I do notice that we use, we use that for. Our, it's it's a it's a type of pre plan, because it's all in that app. And it's much easier um, than that book. Like you said, I don't even like. To be honest with you, I have no idea where the book was even stored. I knew it was blue. <laughs> you assumed that it was blue well, I, I kept hearing it was blue I it saying, so. <laughs> no. Um one thing I know what I do uh, kind of like a like a poor man's pre-plan <laughs> is if I go for the residential side because like we said we can't do residential so I know like I go to people you know if I go over someone's house you know, I'm not stalking their house but you know, I'll look around and be like oh this is interesting like I'll you know take a you know where's their exits where's their um you know what kind of weird construction they have you know like your house has a very strange construction <laughs> and you know some of the construction around here and i don't know if this is throughout the rest of north america there's a certain um floor plan from like the 70s um i think we call it the bc box, BC box. and it's very it's like i had that house when when i lived in a, in this in a city and it was this and then i come here and i can see other people's have the same layout You know, it's a split, split level. Um, You know, usually the, you go up the stairs and the kitchen's right ahead of you and there's like either a living room this way or depending on the plan, it might be the bedrooms are that way Mm -hmm. or the bedrooms are on the right. So it's like, it's very similar um, plan. So that's kind of like just knowing that when you drive up, oh, this looks like a BC box because there's, you know, in my neighborhood alone, uh, when I'm going for a walk, I'll be like, "Eh? those, these five houses. are the same floor plan, yeah, <laughs> essentially. There's probably, you know, renovations and stuff. But I understand, like, probably what it's going to look like when I go in there. And, like, another thing I do when I'm going for walks, and maybe I'm just weird, or, which I know I am. It's <laughs> will <laughs> <laughs> so like, maybe, is but... I'll, if I'm walking, I'll, you know, I'll look at someone's house, and I'll kind of be like, okay, that's a bedroom. That's a, you know, and we can see from the outside, that's a bathroom. You know, you can see... Know, just by the windows. Yeah, just by the windows. You know, you can kind of tell where the where the kitchen would be. You can see the vent stacks on the roof, you know. You can kind of do your own pre-plan just from walking around your neighborhood a little bit. Maybe you're not 100% right, but it's like a, it's a, it's a cheap way to do a pre-plan. Yeah, it's a start, anyway. Yeah, it's a start, right? So when you roll up, you at least kind of understand where things are. You might even know, like, how to get around, you know, where their gate is and stuff like that. And it's also good. Training aid, I guess too, to
3: get used to Spotting which types of windows or what so if you do have to do a vent enter or whatever You know where you're going to
1: yeah,
2: and it trains yourself to be aware of that kind of stuff So when you do
1: roll up on something you're trained to say this 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 Yeah, and then you know power lines and all that kind of stuff, you know, what side of the road is is a power on? Because you know on one side of the road is usually power and the other side is like phone and cable so what are the important wires we have to worry about? Well, the power wire lines, we don't really... But if you roll up and you don't know what side of the road is which, you're like, oh, hold the trucks, we're under a, a power line. And then someone else gets there and they're like, no, there's no transformer. The, you know, it's fine. There's, it's not a power line. That's just phone a cable. So all that stuff is a type of pre-plan. So it's not just about this book. that We don't know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's, it's about the whole mindset of pre-planning before the calling happens right
0: yeah yeah you're right it's something that we probably all should be doing and we kind of all do it when we when we roll up for sure because we're all looking for those keys and cues of windows and things like that but the when we get into the commercial situation where there are buildings that are so big we have no idea maybe what's inside and Things like that, especially where we are, because like you say, there's a lot of agricultural buildings around us and all the chemicals and things that are in there. Coming up with a process of chemical lists and things like that is is a challenge, and then do, that's that's kind of part of where I get a little bit lost in it because you could try and find every single detail, but what's important? It's that win process of what's important there, it, right? right? Like what. Are you looking for right at this precise minute? And what are you going to be looking for consistently? Like, if that building's on fire, where are the chemicals stored? Do we care what chemicals are in there? Probably. But is there, like, a, it's just, here's the chemicals. Do we need a chemical list? If I look at the chemical list, do I know what those chemicals are? are they going to react? Well,
1: and you know, we're, we all have to do the, this and and HAZMAT stuff. It's like, but, you know, in the middle of the night... <laughs> Dark fire burning. Mm-hmm. We go in and it's like, am I reading the? Can I even see the placard or like you know placards on trucks? But if I could, if I go in and I see chemicals, is it, <laughs> can I even read what those say? Or do I just back out and do defensive? Yeah, close the door and be like, mm-hmm, just let's back away.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, you know, and actually, uh, the, the agricultural yeah. place we're talking about, yeah. the um, the guy that runs that place, he's like, that sea can over there. If it catches on fire, just let it burn. I think he's told us that, right? Yeah. He just like just close the doors. Um, let it burn because what's in there, you guys don't want to put water on it. None, none of it, just you know, any of it in there. We're just gonna let that thing burn and, and maybe, um, either evacuate a certain part of the town depending on how the wind's blowing or shelter in place, you know, depending on again how the wind's blowing and what what's actually the cloud looks like. But we'll back out. Um, so there's that, right? Yeah, there's always a fact we can just back out, we don't necessarily have to yeah. fight it. And you talk about. So, we talk about being
3: in an agricultural area, and we've got a lot of these farms that don't necessarily have chemical sheds. They have their garage, and they have their sprays and stuff stored in their garage. And Attached so to their house. Now, is that our, <laughs> yes, attached to their house. And so now, is that a residential or commercial building? So, we don't really get the plan for a commercial building for something like that. So, now, you know, we could be going into something potentially hazard there with... Uh, with that being stored there so um I maybe we should with farm houses farm structures that we should be getting a list that we can attach to our I am responding with documents <coughs> containing what's stored there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I mean with the with the what's stored there it can get tough for sure. So what you're talking about is, like,
2: the local farmer who yeah. doesn't necessarily advertise, hey, I have all this chemical stuff, but he just has a small shed that has all the same shit in it that we're concerned Definitely, about. Definitely, because, you know, yeah. there are,
3: they're out there, and some guys do, and some guys don't have sheds that they keep that stuff
1: in. Yeah. Well, I remember going, there was a fire um, a while ago, the backside of the place was going up, and, uh, <coughs> and Warren and I were on the hose line, like, we were first truck in, and we're on the hose line. Mm -hmm. There's a diesel tank burning, and then, you know, after we fight the fire for a while, we go over there, and what I thought was, like, an outhouse or a chicken coop was the guy's chemical shit, (laughs) and it was, like, we're like, oh, great, awesome, all these chemicals are burning, and there's weird smoke and weird cloud, and, like, so it's like, we didn't know that was there, and there's no way to tell, because when it's all burning, it's like, I don't know, you know, but is there a way to pre-plan that, other than
0: local knowledge? Local knowledge, I mean... (laughs) the way that the way that I was looking at it was we just as long as we know there's chemicals on scene, but again, most of these places we turn up to like Rob's saying, like in an instance where we're turning up to somebody's house who potentially is a farmer, <laughs> we don't necessarily know where they're keeping their stuff. How do we check on that? Do we knock on their door beforehand like' it's, there's a there's a whole other kettle of fish or that so
2: that can lead us into um less well, the agricultural chemicals but Meth labs, grow-ups, and the particular hazards that they let us in to
1: do a 3D mapping of that. They ideal. For insurance
2: We should probably put it the But yeah, meth labs have their own hazards. Grow-ups have their own hazards with lights and cables and water and. And usually not properly done lights and cables. And maybe unsavory people.
1: Yeah, well. And people trying to keep people out of. Places, booby traps and them. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, we, we found a loaded pistol. We did. We were doing venting and we found a loaded pistol in <laughs> the guy's bedroom. Yeah. I'd call that a hazard. That was definitely a hazard. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> it was promptly removed. It was promptly <laughs> cleared and removed properly and <laughs> by a well-trained individual. <laughs> so an so. an okay individual. So-so.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. But that, but that does
1: lead us back to that I am responding where we can put that. That big exclamation mark, like warning, possible drug house. You
0: know? Yeah, the, but, but how do we know? We
2: need mm. the local knowledge. Hey, you know. Yeah. So and so says that's a crack house. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I think if I'm if I look at summarising the points that we're making here, it's it's have a central point for all the information that everybody is aware of, knows how to utilise and use, regardless of whether or not they're updating it. I don't think 50 people. 20 people, even five people should be updating um, the one source because, again, things can conflict. And if you don't have consistency, then you get confusion and it's just a nightmare. Um, So have a single place where you keep it. Technology is changing the way all of us fight fire, use it, it's there. It's cheap enough these days that you can get into iPads or any sort of tablet where there's technology that... Allows you to store this information and access it on the scene before um, you know before you even get there in the truck on the way so you can start thinking about what you're gonna do on the way in so that's even a tablet with like a map
2: app where you can drop pins right you don't need I am responding to do all this stuff It's so true yeah,
0: even Google's allowing some of it now um, Google itself is allowing you to add certain things um, and I know some departments actually are, are doing that
2: Mm
0: -hmm. too yeah there's there's features that they're allowing it it seems like more and more of these companies these bigger companies are looking at kind of what we did because it's funny technology wasn't really applied to fire for a very long time it didn't seem it was just like keeping the keeping people alive you know the the breathing apparatus and the trucks Great, but there's so much more that we can use it for, and I s- you're starting to see that really come out now. I saw this wicked tool, and totally also, I saw this wicked tool the other day, and it literally, it this thing pushes water pressure so hard it can burst through concrete. Oh, are so, that oh. In, uh, in Europe. Yeah yeah, 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 and they just slap it against the wall yeah. and just pierce this this stuff so like water straight through brick walls. And then it creates a vapor and just does a steam kill on the inside without anyone going inside. That's what pre plant's important because you don't want to hit the baby crib. No. Oh, oh, <laughs> hey, it's right. a water jet.
1: <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah, baby rooms for sure. So I think an important like if are we um is the is that local knowledge. And that's one good thing about this uh, volunteer department, is, is like we were saying, you know, you have the guy you got the local guy that works at the at the manufacturing plant. Where if that's on fire, he's like, Oh, I know what's going on here. I mean, and I think a lot of times on the trucks while we're driving to places, we're like anyone, uh, anyone know anything about this place? Anyone know how to get, or even the roads, like access roads? Mm-hmm. You know, I know Kevin I get there. where he worked I was like, you know, we were trying to find a place once, and like a dirt road, and he knew where we were going because he works works in that area. So it's like, hey, if we go this way, or Wade, yeah, Wade, Wade's yeah. huge, right? Like when we, <laughs> well, Wade's yeah, Wade's also Wade is huge. huge. <laughs> 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 yeah, but you know, having Wade on certain things because he has a certain knowledge of the of the area that we can use and uh, evacuation. Yeah, and we yeah. use him for evacuations because he knew that whole the whole area we were in. Yeah. So, you know, that's all. It's like it's like we have like our own little pre-planned people. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and and I made sure, like, I think I called. The, you know, I want Wade on my truck. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, I wanted Wade. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that no local knowledge if you don't have the technology. And even if you have the technology, it's, it's very important to have those guys. And that's I think that's the important thing about a volunteer department because you might not get that on a full-time firefighter, uh, like a full-time, because, you know, again, they wake up, they go to the fire hall, they stay there for 12 hours, 24 hours, whatever the shift is, they go back. You know, they don't necessarily work in another place. They, you know.
0: I think, make sure you've got a central location. For all this stuff um, keep it simple standardize it make sure there is a, a process for following it I'm still trying to create one once I get a better handle on it there's so much like it, even I looked out there online looked on the Google's and the interwebs and there's so much convoluted stuff like binders upon binders for single properties and all of that's well and good but when it comes to the crunch, like how much of it is valid and what do you actually need and require? Um, And someone could argue you need all of it, and you probably do, Uh, so get get the key information. For volunteer fire departments, we all know we don't really have the time, a lot of the time, to get everything we need, which is again why you need to try and figure out how to get the people on side. If you can get the owners and things on side, then it helps get that extra information and uh, quicker, quicker. Anyone else getting
3: anything on? I was just thinking, you know, um, I don't think we do enough training with our members on the I Am Responding. Yeah, Yeah, definitely on my list. We all have it on our phones, and oh, we get a text message, or we get an alert that there's a call, and we can go on there and say that we're responding or not responding. But I don't think we really dive into how... Useful
1: a tool it is. Yeah, uh, one of the things, one of my thoughts are um, for training because I was trying to figure out how to train the item responding because it is something hard to train. Um, we were actually going to do, and you know, I'm throwing this out there for other people that are thinking about using it for training. Um, we we're gonna, almost going to do like an Easter egg hunt. Like I was going to have, because normally we say, "Oh, you know, you're going to this address." So again, being local people. I've been here for thirty years, even though the street change, uh, names have changed a few times. Um, we just know where that street is. Whereas if we were talking about putting like hiding things around town, like the training guys would go beforehand before practice, hide you know some things around town, and then mark it on mark it on the I'm Responding app using the GPS um, marking. So it wouldn't necessarily be on a certain street; it might be in a field somewhere. So the guys would have to actually. And we'd be like, okay, go to marker number one. So they'd actually have to scroll, find it on I'm responding. So it gets them to interface that that app. And then, okay, we're going to this place. And then find it. Then they'd have to write something. Then they have, to, they have to log that they were there. Yeah. That's the only way I could think of training it effectively while we're driving, while we're using it. Yeah. Um, other than guys just sitting in the classroom playing around with it. But
0: again, you don't get the interaction. In yeah, and at all. it's difficult.
1: It's a difficult thing to train.
0: It mm-hmm. is. It is. And uh, there's so much extra that any of these apps, you know, again, it's the same with most technology. When you're looking at these things, a lot of places don't use what they've got to the full potential of what it can actually do. They use a a fifth, a 10th of, of what it can actually you know, accomplish with this stuff. Um, Yeah. So when you're looking at the tools that you're going to buy and some of them, some of them are free they're mainly garbage you kind of need to pay for a service for this stuff you could just use Google drives and things like that to hold this information for sure it's just documents it's not anything crazy if you did it by address or street number or business name as long as you've got that information held in a spot which is accessible to especially like Scott was saying um, people back in the hall or if you're lucky enough to have these items and iPads and tablets on the trucks somewhere where you've got access and you can pull that information down they're not big files if it's just word documents and things pdfs very small it's nothing it's nothing crazy if you do have ipads and things there's ways of connecting those to the internet um either through you know 3g or 4g networks that's how your 3d mapping works right yeah it's from the web right yeah yeah and all of ours are connected through the web so it's it's pretty straightforward once we get to that right
2: yeah i'm responding just said that i'm at the fire hall there you go Mm-hmm. That I, think nice, smart.
0: I think smart yeah, pretty smart i yeah. thought i was
2: walking around though so it's kind of dumb
0: i'm not walking around <laughs> <laughs> well on the pre-plan for that as well um the one of the extra things it feels like this whole episode has been more about the technology that we're using which is fine for the pre-planned stuff, but... It'll, it's all related to pre-plan, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think we're
2: doing
3: well, guys. many <laughs> <I think so. laughs> more times do we need to say, I am responding? to, uh, <laughs> to, to get, yeah. Sean, loves us know what we're feet. doing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but that, it also, it also allows the truck officers to pre-plan what is actually, like how many people they're going to get. So on the app, when the app goes off, you can tap to say that you are responding if you tap to say that you're responding there's an update that goes to all of the other iPads and all of the other connected technology that shows that this is the number of people that are coming to scene coming to get on a truck so you know you know what maybe we've got 4 we could do with one more we know it's something we can wait the extra 30 seconds cuz this person said they're coming and again small town we know they only live a couple of minutes away they will be here pretty quickly um so that is another kind of a pre-plan for the, for the officers on truck before they get there. Gentlemen, any more for any more? We'll leave it there.
2: Well, I think I'd like to thank I'm responding and I'd like <laughs> to thank Trello and I'd like to thank Sean McGee. Is Sean McGee your sponsor?
0: <laughs> well, almost. <laughs> almost. He is today. Good job, Sean. <laughs> Thanks for being there, Sean. <laughs> Thanks guys. Rob, Spence, Hey uh, Mr. Star. Thank you guys. I'm responding. Trello. Trello.